Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Looking for a way to make online learning a better option for your family? When it comes to virtual learning, experience matters. Tuition-free K-12-powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of experience to work for you, giving your child the personalized learning they deserve without disruptions. With a K-12-powered school, students gain the skills they need to be prepared for their next steps in life, building a better future for each one of us. K-12, education for any one. Learn more at k12.com. Welcome to episode 174 of the No Encore Music Podcast. That's right, it's a remote recording. That's why it doesn't sound like it's in the studio, but it still sounds pretty good. Craig and Dahi are away, as is our trusty sonic architect, Eve, and thus I'm left all of my lonesome. So <laughs> it was a case of, uh, you know, emergency, break glass, get someone in. And that's why I'm delighted to welcome back Nilo to the show. What's the crack, Dave? You good? How are you, man? I'm glad it was the emergency break glass guy. <laughs> <laughs> Last resort, like... Half a roach. <laughs> <laughs> In for the whole show. So yeah, I also don't have an album to review this week because it's just been one of those weeks where I was like, there's nothing really out that I kind of fancy and I've been putting myself under a lot of pressure. Yeah. Even like today, I sent you the running order at like four o'clock. Ah yeah, it's grand though. <laughs> yeah, we get through some good stuff. Before. So yeah, expect a professional episode, guys. <laughs> uh, I should start off with some kind of sad news in that uh, we have previously teased that we were going to Galway to do a No Encore Live as part of the Galway Arts Festival on I think it was the 26th or the 27th of July of this month and unfortunately that show is off. I apologize to people who have bought tickets and to our uh, Galway legion of fans but uh, yeah it's off unfortunately <laughs> uh, horrific scheduling conflicts that we didn't foresee have come to the fore and essentially it would just be 
extremely difficult to get there on time and put a show together. And I just figured like it would be really half-assed and I didn't want to do that. So that's the legitimate truth. And so we'll come back as soon as we can. Uh, I promise that. I love Galway. It's great. But the show itself, I think, would have been a fire Festival-esque disaster. Which is entirely on me, by the way. What happened was they weren't offering you guys enough money. Was that true, what yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, classic Roisin Dove negotiations. <laughs> no, I, I need to make it clear. This is completely my fault and I take full responsibility for it. And like I say, I'm just being straight up honest because I know the listeners will understand and I would rather not go and just give them a really crap show. And I so, get you. I unfortunately, get you. yeah, it's very honest of you, sir. It's the truth, though. Like I was saying to you there, like off mic, I was like, I'm working till like fucking a crazy hour the night before, and I was yeah. like, like I just, yeah, it's, I just, I didn't, yeah, I don't know. These things, some yeah, things, just, some you things, get, just, you'll, you'll get it when it's right. When okay. it's right, they're not for everything. Yeah, you, yeah. I'm sure you've cancelled shows before. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never cancelled a gig. <laughs> What a pro! I've I I have one time I came close was when I slipped a disc in my neck. Jesus! Uh, did not bet two days before I went on tour with frustration, and I ended up we ended up doing all the whole tour, and it was horrible. I should have cancelled it because uh, I still get disc problems in my neck because <laughs> sleeping on floors for like twenty something days. So there you go, yeah. But uh, it was a good crack anyway. So I'm making the right call. But I was thinking of the alcohol back then. I wasn't thinking of the shows. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was thinking, oh, here's a piss up for fucking three weeks. I'm not going to miss that. You know what I mean? <laughs> How much of it do you remember apart from the pain? Not much. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember a good bit. I remember walking around a venue just like without being able to turn my neck, you know? Yeah. Like Christian Bale and Batman Begins. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be able to move your neck, Mr. Wayne? Yeah. <laughs> like, Okay, so before we get going with the show this week, uh, shout out to Kabina, who's a friend of the show, for answering my incredibly niche request on Twitter when I said someone needs to make an hour-long version of Auto Rock by Mogwai. Okay. He did it. Oh my god, fair play. <laughs> he did it, and he did like a one of those slowed down 800% versions as well. Right, okay. And both of them are euphoric and amazing. Jesus. And the reason I haven't said this on Twitter is because we don't want anyone from the legal department of Mogwai to come after us. It was sent for my ears only. It's I my, get you. It's my birthday present. Because it's my birthday, man. Today? Well, when the podcast comes out. Yeah. Oh. So in approximately five hours after we record this. Happy birthday, bro. Thanks, cheers. Yeah, I'm at that age. Yeah, age say your age? Uh, everyone knows. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm officially in my mid-30s now. Oh, that's okay. What what, what counts as mid-30s? 30, 35. 35? Okay, right, right. <laughs> Doesn't it? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't. Oh, I think mid-30s is like 34, 38, is it? That's... Yeah, well, I mean, does it start at 34? Because you're 34, right? Yeah. I know this because it was, it was in like an article that was written about you. It said the 34-year-old, which is a classic journalist thing, by the way. Is it, yeah? Yeah, because you don't want to just repeat the person's name over and over again. Exactly. So you need to find like the Dublin native. Yeah, yeah, yeah. use that yeah, all the yeah, fucking yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so your age is out there. And I was like, he's 34. I thought you were younger. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. I know. It's, it's, it's a weird age, isn't it? What do you think of it? <laughs> 34. Well, 34, 35, whatever. Uh, I you mean, feel old? Yeah, every time I like, like I've got my legs crossed now, and every time I move my right knee, it cracks. Right, yeah, 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 stuff like that. Yeah, my knees crack a yeah. lot. I actually find it really satisfying. Though. Yeah, it's not yeah. too bad, but I think this is a music podcast. I know it's like it is what you make it, though. You know what I mean? It's like if you feel old all the time and you let it stop you from going out to to gigs and stuff, I think that's when it becomes a problem yeah. for me. Anyway, I think you should just. Do whatever you want to do within reason, like you but know, you're you can't doing... be gone to longitude and, and like. But you went to longitude, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, actually, actually did. you played at longitude. Before. Yeah, so I had an excuse to go, <laughs> but I went the last two years without being playing. So that's uh, I, I can't so. Use that. How was the difference for you this year? Um, it was amazing, man. It, it was like, God, you get treated so well. Like depending, like just 
going the last two years um, and being amongst the hordes of, of 14, 15, 16 year olds that are literally insanely uh, just intoxicated and, and grabbing each other and like running around versus being in this cushy artist area with free free ice cold alcohol and you had like, a dressing room with your name on it yeah and like yeah bottles of spirits and, and stuff like that it's just yeah I mean it's not about that but that's the difference in the day but uh, yeah just to go there for me and play the gig was the, the huge thing you know and for people to actually be there to watch me which was amazing because I thought you know I was on the Heineken stage which is like second biggest stage holds 10,000 people it's a big stage like so it was like will I will I shrivel on the on the higher platform and it was grand it was actually really good yeah yeah you were on the Saturday and your yeah. time was actually moved forward by an hour so that's kind of like a weird scheduling thing but probably better to be on a bit later if you can be yeah I think so yeah and it was piss and rain which helped as well so like the tent was like packed <laughs> so it was good yeah and people knew the words and stuff which there was great go. yeah really enjoyed it probably best gig I've played I'd say yeah to yeah, date I think so yeah Jesus okay I mean like that's yeah. that's cool for particularly being at a festival because like mm-hmm. I have this view of festival gigs as being like almost like a friendly match for artists but I guess yeah it probably depends on your perspective of the gig itself like if, if, if you're playing trap songs yeah it's easy you know what I mean <laughs> if you're playing grime or trap where you can go one two three but like for me I'm doing jazz rap most of the time yeah yeah which is not really festival <laughs> music I mean depending on the festival but like not longitude music, you know. So I was kind of expecting a bit of a frosty reception, mm. but it was actually really good. That's it was awesome. Great, yeah, yeah. Uh, you looked very happy in your photographs. I was of, very of happy. Which there it were was many. A great day. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> photographs. Yeah, I mean, you got to document these things when they happen, you know. Oh yeah, but this happened right. So this is the Saturday. So it was day two mm-hmm. of longitude, and like last week on the show, Craig was kind of saying like he was lamenting. He said he felt really sorry for the promoters, and this was before all the stuff happened. A- ASAP Rocky yeah. pulls out on the day of. Uh, replaced by Ski Mask the Slump God Longitude yeah. Headliner <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy like. uh, and of course there was so much problems in the build up with artists pulling out there were replacements were very fucking sharply done in fairness mm. I mean like Bush T brought in Grant yeah. was on the afternoon on the Friday which I still find bizarre but I think must he, have been. he was double booked on that thing he had, had a gig in the night time yeah it's the only way like, he had to they but flew then, him in the morning, play the gig, fly back to his headliner still. But then you had the thing, and you were kind of saying this on Twitter as well, where people were like, who the fuck is Push T? That's <laughs> crazy. Like, I think that's nuts. You know, people have... And that's the thing about Longitude. It's not necessarily like... Of course, it's a hip-hop festival, but like, in not really a hip-hop crowd. It's more so a crowd of just people who want to go and party. You know, that kind of way. Um, Yeah, so like... There was kind of a lack of local hip-hop at it as well. Which is kind of a shame, you know. Hopefully next year they'll they'll put on a good bit more local acts, you know. I mean, I can't say anything I was playing, but like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, there was only about four or five yeah. over the whole weekend. I think that's a bit of a missed opportunity. Um, whereas last year there was a good few more, as far as I'm aware. Um, so hopefully next year they kind of rectify that and get a lot more in. This also happened after, and I was working on the Friday when this happened, when the U.S. Embassy <laughs> put yeah. out a warning, uh, which read like a terror alert. Absolutely. Like, that's yeah. what it read like, yeah. saying, you know, to any American citizens who were in Dublin, yeah. stay away from Marley Park. They were like, we have reports of, you know, something imminent that's going to happen. Yeah, imminent violence or it's just... Imminent violence, yeah, yeah. So like coordinated attack or something. And that was issued at around six o'clock or half five on the Friday. And it kind of started doing the rounds on Twitter. Uh, I got on to a contact I have an MCD and I WhatsApped him and I just said, Hey, listen, I was like, I'm sure you're having a really difficult day as it is. Have you seen this? And he got back to me and was like, I have seen it and I don't know what it's about. Yeah. And I was like, listen, we're going to do a story for Joe. We're onto the guards. Does MCD have a comment? Do you have an official comment? And in the end, MCD didn't really until Dennis Desmond kind of spoke to the Irish times, I think it was on the Monday or whatever. But basically, 
what your man did say to me was he was like I'm out here and like nothing is happening he was like it's fine and he's like if anything it's actually going pretty well yeah and like this guy is someone I would trust he's not someone who's just gonna fucking fob me off so I was yeah, like cool was look you know that happened out there like as far as I can see it was super peaceful yeah you know the usual stuff you're gonna see mm. but like there was nothing extra on any other years like so I think it was just what I think happened was it was uh, the US Embassy got wind of so many artists American artists going out to this one location in Ireland and a lot of them might have felonies and stuff like that. And they're all applying for visas and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, what's going on here? Because we've got a lot of, like, you know, ex-criminals or something going into this one area. Like, let's just put out an alert. I mean, that's the only thing that comes in my head. Or or, or they just think, oh, here's a hip-hop fe- festival. That's the question, yeah. yeah. Like, is this a perception thing? Is this, like, a complete discrimination thing? It's, I mean, it looks that way, doesn't it? It does look that way. Yeah, it doesn't look good. <laughs> it doesn't look great at all. But do no. they care? No, they don't give a fuck, man. But it was just they weird. Like, like, the guards released a statement. Um, yeah. Well, at least they were, like, we contacted them. They released a statement to us, and they basically said, like, um, the guard, do not comment on what third parties mm-hmm. have to say, which is a really interesting start. And yeah. then they were like... Um, we've policed the area, we've done our prep, it's proceeding as normal. And yeah, no, they said there was nothing out of the order. No way. incidents have been reported today. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, there's no communication here between the US Embassy mm. and the guards that you can that you can consider. And then, yeah, across the weekend, I mean, like, apart from seeing, like, you know, videos with too much flesh in it. Like, yeah, the <laughs> like, usual stuff you'd see. The usual like, stuff yeah. you'd see at a festival. Like, I mean, yeah. like, there didn't appear to be, like, any ructs or, or any kind of, like, there was no fucking violence, like, at least none that was recorded or reported. And, like, in this day and age of social media, you can't really hide it if someone's going to get, like, if something horrific, like a Swedish S Mafia situation goes exactly. down. Exactly. Speaking of, yeah. by the way, I read up on that like like i mean like i, I remember like, like this video says mafia thing when it happened yeah and even though like it was news at the time i have this weird thing where like i think if it happened now somehow it would be an even bigger story i don't know why i think so because of the way the internet is now people yeah died. There, will there be videos of it of yeah stuff yeah now, you know lots of people died was three like, people died three people died and there was loads of us nine people were stabbed i think that's crazy. yeah it's just like a lot of it was by the same person as i far think as I remember, so yeah. yeah um it, it was a crazy story and like a, a huge thing but also it was 2012 it was, so like twitter wasn't quite as prevalent as it is now i was talking to my wife about this and she was saying that because she remembers it pretty vividly and she was saying that a lot of it was suppressed at the time they didn't really talk about a lot of what happened i don't know what happened there with with that but yeah, that's what she was saying, like that. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, I mean, like, what I will say from, you know, being a music journalist and kind of working in that area of things, you have to be extremely careful. If you're yeah. writing any kind of a story, yeah. you have to be extremely careful, unless you have, like, a, like contacts or you have, you, like, you saw it yourself. Yeah. And you can unequivocally say this thing happened. Yeah, I get you. Like, MCD are, like, known for kind of policing that kind of stuff, because why wouldn't they? They're the fucking biggest music motor in the in the country. Yeah. Why would they allow, you know, that kind of stuff to be out there, like, in a kind of a slapdash way? Yeah, of course. So, like, from my own point of view, like, I mean, like, we rely on the Guardi to give us a statement. And yeah. Sometimes you might you might quote unquote know more, but like mm-hmm. if you're writing a story, you can't really say it. You yeah. can't no like yeah. like for le- like for basic obvious legal reasons yeah, for like yeah, that yeah. me and my company would be fucking yeah. sued for. Definitely. And like sometimes in the comments, like and stuff on Joe, people would be like, "Oh, why aren't you telling the full story?" Yeah, and it's yeah, like it's like we can't, we can't. Yeah, and sometimes like just that's the law. Well, anything <laughs> like, like a lot of it is, is you'd be presuming if you're to start, you know. Mm. guessing what happened or, or taking secondary accounts of what happened you'd be presumed you know yeah and even like so facts, like, what happened was like at the end of the weekend there was an incident in Dublin in Lost Lane which is a new venue I off Grafton Street actually, yeah. and it's like the ex-Lilies Bordello in which a bunch of lads apparently tried to rush the door this is from what I've read and they were ran off by security mm. and I guess they had bags left behind in the bags they found weapons including like uh, bombs supposedly yeah, pipe bombs this is what has been reported by the Irish Times 
And so that story is doing the rounds. Now, first mm-hmm. of all, Dennis Desmond from MCD comes out straight away and says, this is nothing to do with Longitude. There yeah. is no connection. It just happens to have happened on the same weekend. Was there, someone told me that there was an after party, was there? In Los Lane. Yeah. Probably. I mean, there's after parties all over the city. So yeah, there exactly. may There may well have been. But I mean, obviously, there is a connection in terms of that's the connection. There's no connection But from the point yeah. of view of like this thing going down, there is no actual connection. And then the guards themselves have come out and said, we are satisfied at this point that there is no connection between this and Longitude. So like, it's very... Mm-hmm. Very clearly underlined. But again, even like when I'm writing up the story about like a public order incident that yeah. happened and Guardi have appealed for witnesses, the Guardi press statement didn't mention Lost Lane by name. It's at a, it's at a licensed premises mm-hmm. off Grafton Street. And I'm like, that's what I'm printing. So can you name that? You can't well, no, name because, Lost Lane? No, because I know it's Lost Lane because I've read it in the Irish Times. Yeah. I wasn't there. And if I was to just say it's Lost Lane... Even though it it is, yeah. <laughs> even though I'm saying it now on the but podcast. if it's already being printed in the Irish Times, could you say Lost Lane then? I mean, you could say it's reported as, yeah, you know, yeah, like reported yeah, by the Irish you, Times yeah, yeah. as being Lost Lane. But yeah. I didn't see the need to do that. I was just like, well, look, I'm just going to say that what I have in front of me, because that is the letter of the fucking law, quite literally. So, like, I don't know how interesting this portion of the conversation is to people, <laughs> but I just think like like you'd be surprised how often people come at you for stuff that you're like, dude. We can't say that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We just can't. And the, people don't understand that. You know what I mean? You see them on the journal the whole time, just like losing the plot. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. Anytime like like anything goes down, it's like you know, name them. And yeah. It's like, if they yeah. name them, the journal will cease to exist tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I mean, anyway, back to longitude. Um, yeah. From your own point of view, uh, the set went really, really well. Yeah, I had a great time, and I thought it was ran really, really well. Like you were talking about, like the the, the substitutions for acts. Mm. Like they got they got some great acts in last minute. Like. Stormzy for Chance the Rapper is a great, huge upgrade. Well, I don't think it's an upgrade because I love You're Chance wrong. the Rapper. <laughs> uh, I like him a lot more than Stormzy, but I like them both. Um, but I think it's a great upgrade in terms of like what the kids want, you know, yeah. definitely, especially considering what you just did at Glastonbury, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, Pusha T coming in for uh, ASAP Rocky. Was that? No, Ski Mask for ASAP Rocky. Ski Mask for ASAP, yeah. I think Pusha T came in for Lil Uzi. Right, okay. But again, I mean, like, that's good too. putting him on three in the afternoon yeah. is kind of like, ah, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Um, did you hang around much? Yeah, I did, yeah. Okay. I hung around a good bit, yeah. I saw, like, most of the storms you say. Really good. Um, I seen Denzel Curry, which, who was amazing. Oh, I fucking love him. Yeah. Funny story. <laughs> so there was a guy with me called Genova. He's in a group called New Sense. And he he was, like, doing a, f- a few verses with me at Longitude. So we were backstage and... Uh, one of Denzel Curry's crew came over and was like, here, do you, one of you guys want to hype man for Denzel today because his voice is gone? And I was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Not a chance. <laughs> like, I don't know any of the words. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I know some songs. And Genova was like, you know, I said it to him, I was like, this guy will do it. And he was like, I don't know any of the words either. And they were like, we don't care. Just get up and do it. So he did it. Yeah, <laughs> like I saw that. Man. I saw that in your Instagram story. Yeah, it was absolutely gas. Because yeah, because I was confused because like you tagged Genova and yeah. I was like, hang on, I was like, why is he with Denzel Curry? Yeah, it was gas. And man. also, but yeah, Denzel Curry like for someone who, if you blew his fucking voice, I didn't seem to be shown too no, much effects. Not at like, all. He was he going hell for leather. Yeah, he was amazing. I think he went so hard that he fucked up his ankle. Because he was in a wheelchair in the gig the next day. He was. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Because yeah. like the video you posted, like he was like jumping from kind of like yeah, sandbox to sandbox. Around, yeah. yeah. He's class. Uh, His he's album brilliant. Zoo he's so good life. Is one of my favorites of this year. He's playing the Helix at the end of the, this year. Just sold out. As Just well, sold out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get that support. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> suit me, but yeah, it'd be good crack. I don't care. Genova should get it. <laughs> he put in the work. Like. Uh, so is it a weird? Is it a different thing though for you then when you're kind of milling around at a festival like this as a yeah. 34 year old man when you're actually an artist 
be yeah, like, I feel accepted now. This is okay. Yeah, you feel less of that kind of guilt of why am I here? You know what I mean? Like, now I did go back the next day, so I've no reason, real reason to be there the next day, except for I'm getting free and all that and stuff. Yeah, yeah but uh, I had a funny thing that happened to me the next day. Like, I wasn't really getting recognized that much, which which is good. And, you know what I mean? It's, it's grand. But there was this guy on the ground. Uh, we were watching um, Cardi V, and this guy was, like, in really bad order on the ground. Like, he was shaking, and, like, his, his missus was trying to, like, you know, comfort him and stuff so I, I was chilling with uh dylan from mabfield you know mabfield yeah, yeah. Um, and we, i was like here should i just like see if that guy's okay or whatever like so i went went down on my hunkers like started rubbing his back i was like bro are you okay like do, do you need to get help or go to the like casualty tent or whatever and he just looks at me and goes nilo <laughs> <laughs> i was like hi oh, man he's like gonna get a picture man <laughs> and for me that was like the best moment of the whole weekend i don't know why because it was so random it was just so ridiculous and i was like are you okay man he's like yeah i'm good now thanks <laughs> i was like that was amazing this man. vision emerges yeah yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take him out of the place. jesus christ of worship up you know <laughs> <laughs> trademark that immediately please yeah. uh okay so a good weekend all around did you yeah. happen to see versatile I didn't. Big no, talking didn't. point of the weekend. Yeah, uh, I wasn't there on Friday, so they were ah, on Friday, I think. Yeah, I've actually never seen them live. Really? Think. Okay. Yeah, I saw them at picnic last year. Yeah, and it was I. I was a little bit out of it, and also I went into like a tent and they were on, and I was just hit by like I knew who they were, but I was just overwhelmed by what was happening around me because like yeah. it's insane. Like yeah. the reaction is crazy. And that was like a huge moment when I came out of it and I wrote about it for for Joe for picnic and I was like you know I said like oh, they stole the show which they did yeah, but like. I was kind of influenced by like the moment and kind yeah. of what I was seeing. And then it the was also one thing that I started to interrupt mm. you. It was no, pissing no. rain that night was and Kendrick lashing. was outside. Mm. That might have been as well. Well, they stole the moment too. And also, you know? like Kendrick's set was like good and all, but again, it, was it wasn't your, great. It, it was your classic festival thing of like, yeah. he's just doing the thing. It was so much better than the three arena. Yeah, exactly, it's Kendrick, yeah. so it works, but also like the versatile thing was better. Every fucking gig is better in a tent. Like yeah, every single it is. gig. Yeah, the outdoor gigs, unless it's like sunset. Yeah. And you're watching like Bonnevere in a lovely stadium or something oh, like man. that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and which happened at Forbidden Fruit and then it started pissing rain. Remember that? I was there. I, I left. There I hell. left before the set was over. Yeah, me too. And I love Bonnevere. I love I, that album. Like, I was standing there and yeah. I was getting destroyed oh, by rain. Yeah, it was To the insane. point where like I was like, my glasses were like fucking, <laughs> you couldn't do it. I was Millhouse from The Simpsons. Like I was just like, this is embarrassing. And then like I just turned to Craig and I was like I'm out of here and Craig was like yeah. really and then there was this girl who wasn't with us looking at me like like I had two heads and really? I was like I've seen him before in the fucking bored gosh yeah, energy exactly. theatre yeah, yeah, yeah. where it was warm and I was dry <laughs> and I had a beer and it was great yeah, this I sucks so I, I, no, I it was too much time. and the sound was actually phenomenal for that gig mm. like I thought for Forbidden Fruit sometimes the sound is a bit bogey but for that one it was fucking unreal like it was yeah. really good but I still couldn't last I was like halfway through. I was like, "Fuck this, I'm gone." So anyway, yeah, so back to first back to No, no, no. Like, dude, tangents. Like, <laughs> that's what the show is. Yeah, uh, fucking versatile. They, uh, you know, I kind of like, like. You wonder, you're like, did I endorse this band with that Joe review? And I guess I did to a degree. And then like months follow, and then they're like, they do stuff that, that is highly questionable. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been accused of racism. They've been accused of cultural appropriation. Um, they've they've gone on Twitter and they said something like, "We're not coming back from the UK until one of us is sexually assaulted." They use a wheelchair at their gigs. You know, like, yeah. like all these things that like. Even if you're doing this satire thing and you're doing this kind of arch whatever the fuck, 
it's reasonable for someone to take offense. Like, it's reasonable for, like, a specific individual to go, actually, that really does upset me. Yeah. Even though they're ostensibly a comedy duo. Like, like no, re- no one really knows for sure because they haven't done that many interviews. They've only really been interviewed by Hopper House who have softballed them. Yeah. Um, I'm currently trying to get an interview with them and I would like to just sit down with them and be like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about your, the public perception of yeah, versatile. Yeah, yeah, What do you think about people who think that you're a joke? What do you think about people who think that you're the future of Irish hip-hop? I mean, like, wh- yeah. where, where is it for you? But they haven't done any those kind of interviews really no. so and i don't think they're going to because they don't fucking need to for example no. i mean like they've just announced three arena mm-hmm. that's going to sell out in seconds yeah i think so yeah and they were one of the kind of highlights of the weekend of longitude in terms of like drawing a huge crowd oh and yeah being, being Did a full festival was watching it's crazy like 40, yeah. or something like that. so you know with all that kind of cooking backlash is brewing and uh <laughs> ed, you reckon it is well ed power today in the irish times oh, yeah, yeah, wrote yeah. a piece did you read it yeah, I did read it, yeah. What did you think? I didn't think much of the writing, to be honest. Not a lot of people have. Yeah. What's your issue with it? It's just not... It's great. For a start, he's putting too much of his own kind of uh, slant in it, and his own slant doesn't seem to be that educated. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not that as well-researched as it as he likes to think it is, I think. And I feel like I've read stuff by him before, but I didn't go into it thinking that. I didn't know, oh, this is an Ed Power piece or anything like that. I just read it. I wasn't that impressed and just put the phone down. That was it. Wow. You know, uh, like he, he was getting information wrong. Like he said, Marcus Woods is a rapper. He's a producer. You know, he called Pay Fox Peyton, which is like, you know what I mean? He's, just, he's literally looking at Twitter and seeing, looking for a little bit of controversy and seeing, oh, who tweeted about first time a while ago, you know? And then just going off that, which is like, yeah. not really anything to get information That's very modern of. journalism. Yeah. And like Ed's kind of come up years before that. So like it's, it is a little bit kind of slapdash. Yeah. Um, my word of the day apparently slapdash which, slap which, which I never use <laughs> yeah I read the piece and I kind of thought it was like your classic Ed thing of like there's a point in here and there is points to be made about calling out versatile and questioning them I just don't think he did it terribly well and by the end of it I don't think he it, did it though it no, seemed like he was more big in the world though the headline indicates that it would be that way I think he was kind of making the point that like you know we're oh, not going to understand them at our, at our age yeah. yeah because like the end of it was just like very old man sheds a cloud which rather un- undid anything he kind of had to say about it. But that's the thing. I feel like I am, like, I'm 34, but I do understand them. You know mm. what I mean? Okay, like, what do you think, like, flat out, what are, what are versatile to you? They're like an enigma of, of Ireland, really. Like, I think they're just three lads who are absolutely taking the piss and just went for it. To the, <laughs> to the As much as you can go for it, they went for it. And I think they have to keep that shroud of secrecy now because it's part of what what got them to where so if they came out and started explaining themselves yeah like that's not going to work for that's them the you thing. know what i mean yeah that's the like their fan base doesn't want that their fan base wants them to be ignorant you know what i mean and the, the only problem i have with versatile is like do the forty thousand people screaming your fat slope back at you do they know that it's satire because I don't think they do most yeah. of them do because these these are impressionable kids like a lot of these kids are 15 16 you know and like if you're like yeah, like you said, a lot of the stuff they say is problematic. Now, if they came out and were like, yeah, we're a comedy act, blah, 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 it might not be as problematic because it doesn't look like it's serious. But I think of the 40,000 people screaming shit back at them, 20,000 think it's legit, you know? Ed Power doesn't even seem to know if it's legit or not, you know what I mean? And that can only last for so long, as can this kind of run. I wonder what the shelf life is for these guys. I wonder if they even care. They're quite young, right? They're like 20, 21. I heard they're hanging up very soon anyway. Really? Yeah. I mean... Is that a speculation thing? Or? Yeah, speculation, but I've heard it from a few different sources. It would make sense because I kind of feel yeah. like this this has to be like a get out quickly. And, yeah. Because how can it sustain? Like how can I, mean, I think if the music is there, the music, well, 
the music for me like I loved Ketamine I thought that was a great like piece of satire fucking great video mm. like everybody's been at those kind of sessions that, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff happens and like gas really funny stuff but like I haven't think that, I didn't think they've done anything good since that um, even like song wise or like you know funny lyric wise or anything like that that has been nothing really that struck me since that um, I do think the production has gone up and up obviously because the money's coming in now you know um, the, the beats are good they're not my thing but like yeah, I don't know. I think like if they, if they came out with a serious album, they could take it to them. They could take it to Aviva Stadium level for sure. Fuck. I think so, man. Well, let's see how Three Arena goes yeah. first, I guess. Yeah, which I mean, it will make them the uh, the first Irish hip hop act to ever headline like, the Three if Arena. You can sell out to Three Arena in like a half an hour. You can sell out the Aviva in six months. You know what I mean? With a good few releases behind you. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I guess last Imagine thing on that though, in the Aviva Stadium. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I guess lastly, I mean, like, on them, like, is there, like, a danger of them kind of, like, not so much getting in the way of, but, like, almost kind of, like, obviously we talk all the time about, like, the Irish hip-hop scene, yeah. which is completely rising all the time. Like, yeah. It feels like they're not in the same bracket. But is there a danger of people, like, seeing them and dismissing Irish hip-hop as a result of this? Especially if it gets yeah. to these huge fucking levels. Yeah, I guess there is. Yeah, like I don't like it's not really for me to say whether it is or not. Yeah, I, I guess it. I guess there is. Like they they do separate themselves a lot. I know they only really kind of like liaise with Costello and Danya, who are two Irish rappers. They're the only two guys they really work with or anything, or, or would have supporting them or in their music videos. Uh, I know Reggie Snow took them out on the Olympia and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think they've kind of separated themselves from Irish hip hop a little bit, and Irish hip hop has separated itself from them as well. Mm. Um, I don't think they're going to poison the well or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. We'll see. Yeah, it's yet to be seen. Yeah, <laughs> there is a there's like a, it seems to be comedy acts are coming into Irish hip hop a lot. You know, like they have kneecap are huge now. You know, um, TPM is another one. They're they're pretty good too, and. Yeah, it seems to be like, I mean, we are a joking nation, so like it does make sense. Where do you stand on Crack Boy Mental? Uh, I love Crack Boy Mental. I don't get yeah. it, man. Really? I don't get it. I went to see him in Workman's last week. He was amazing. <laughs> it's like, it, uh, I didn't get it at the start either. It took me a lot of listening to get him. it. Yeah. I don't get it. You just have to keep going back. Keep going back and listening to the different songs, and you will get it eventually. It'll just click with you one day. You're like, this guy's a fucking genius. Okay. Uh, one thing I also don't get, and it's yeah. important to update from last week, is Jeremy Renner and his <laughs> uh, his, oh uh, his his musical pivot, which is still freaking me out quite a bit. Uh, we mentioned last week that Renner had released a new song. Uh, he's given the music career an old go. Of course, he's an actor who's best associated with the Marvel movies and some really good character work. But uh, his kind of Imagine Dragons brand of music is not really for me. It is, however, for massive American car company Jeep, who have teamed up with Jeremy Renner for a series of commercials and that exclusively feature both his likeness and his music. And thus, we've been treated to brand new Jeremy Renner songs. For example, this one. Every time I take a ride, I feel alive with nowhere to go. I'm a king of the road. You shimmer like gold. Now, baby, let's ride. We got nothing but time. You get all the reactions. You're the main attraction. It's no surprise. Gotta like your style. You're the perfect distraction. You're the main 
Jeep Grand Cherokee. Freedom to do it all. I watched all of the ads, Nilo. Uh, yes. <laughs> did, uh, how many have you seen? I only saw the one where he's like a James Bond kind of character in the bar. And yeah. then he goes up on stage. Yeah, and the, sorry, the moves on him. Man. That's the one that we just heard. Yeah, the, 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 way he holds, the way he holds the microphone is disturbing. It's very weird, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Well, I, there was an article. I say article. It was a blatant advertorial, um, which is, if anyone doesn't know, an ad feature, uh, which was in Billboard uh, this week. And also Stereogum. Like, they posted the whole thing. And at the end of it, it said, article originally appeared on Billboard which is like, in the comments were like, what are you doing? This is like a really bad look for this website yeah. that we like, which is a bit satirical and kind of edgy in a way. Not edgy, but like, you know, not your standard commercial, whatever. So, yeah, um, which is basically a case of like, Jeep have spent some fucking money here because oh, yeah, it's a long article with interview quotes from Renner about how like, you know, it's your classic thing <laughs> of like, you know, I have to make this commercial thing sound natural and cool. Yeah. Um, he's now joined such alumni who've, been part of the quote-unquote summer of jeep including one republic ex-ambassadors and will i am there you go so yeah it's It's a murderer's row so at three i think songs of his appear in four commercials and like it's just crazy like i've what i've done is i've kind of cherry-picked this long interview um and at one stage Renner says music is a wonderful personal form of expression to me uh initially something never i thought i would share Renner says, sitting on the patio of his Hollywood Hills home, nicknamed The Nest, in a nod to his Avengers character, Hawkeye. <laughs> it's just something I can sit at the piano and accompany myself, and it's immediate. I don't need a camera, and I don't need a script. So there you go. There you uh, go, man. But he does need um, a Jeep campaign with a $25 million budget. There you go. Uh, not a better platform in my mind, says Renner. They promote the heck out of their Jeeps. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my favorite quote was the one about uh, Amy Winehouse. Oh my god, I'll jump to that one. Oh yeah, so he describes uh, how in the last twenty years, only two artists in the last twenty years have had any value to me: Amy Winehouse being one of them, and Adele being the other. I like that type of music. It can lean into rock. <laughs> it can lean into soul. But obviously, it comes from a jazz background. <laughs> As someone who is currently like uh, like flirting hard with jazz, yeah, how do you feel about that? I just think he's making up stuff. <laughs> as he goes along like that just sounds like he's talking out of his arse like the only two artists that have valued him over the last 20 years is Amy Winehouse and Adele yeah like fair enough that's Amy it. Winehouse was an amazing artist but like that's like there's not other artists in the last two decades no. that you like all other artists can go home yeah <laughs> That, that shows you why his music sounds like it does. You know what I mean? Uh, it's so funny. Like at one stage, it says that um, he his his affiliation with Jeep developed organically. It's an actual sentence. Yeah. Earlier this year, he provided a voiceover in a 90-second commercial for a Ram truck ad. And though they did not meet during the making of this ad, the uh, chief marketing officer of that company, Oliver Francois, was introduced to him and said, I was in LA because I was looking for what would be the anthem of the most important campaign of the year. <laughs> Jeep is maybe the most important Jeremy brand. Renner to the rescue <laughs> that we have. At a gaff party in LA. Like. Uh, he says, uh, at least in the US, our summer of Jeep campaign is where we tie together the spirit of freedom and adventure in Americana, all the values of the Jeep brand, with the feel of summer and with music. It's really sad that Craig isn't here for this this week because yeah. like, Craig is now Mr. Advertising. Uh, so he likes to be introduced by Mr. Advertising. <laughs> So, uh, unlike many of his competitors, Francois prefers to use previously unreleased music. He told Renner of his search, revealing he was seeking something anthemic, quote, like Imagine Dragons meets Queen. Oh my god. When Renner said... It's like a nightmare <laughs> I had, like, recently. When Renner was like, let me show you what I've got. Uh, Renner's rock music blew him away. 
Uh, the sound was exactly what I was looking for. It's authentic. It's American. It's rock and roll. It, it's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Francois goes so far as to say that he initially was more interested in Renner's music than his likeness, but then realized the potency of having both. This could be a satirical piece. Like this is fucking brilliant. It's stuff, all. It? I thought it was. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, in the in, in one of the ads, right? Um, a disenchanted tuxedo-clad Renner. I think this is the one that you watched. Leaves a swanky party to escape for some off-roading before pulling up to a packed roadhouse and performing. In another one, he and his band trade in their tour bus for jeeps as they head to a gig. <laughs> Uh, it's not a minivan, says Renner. That's not going to work with this face. It's known for being rugged. <laughs> <laughs> not with this face. This is a face that really gives zero fucks about most things in life, to be honest with you. But I'm excited. I'm nervous in the sense that there are some unknowns. But ultimately, I don't have any expectations. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Jeep. Jeep. <laughs> it's crazy. And also, um... Did his... I was driving along earlier and I was wondering, did his music career just kick off just to do this ad it must have is that a possibility like but like he surely can't need the money i like, know yeah, yeah he's a millionaire a but do you think his whole you know i want to be an artist thing it's just is it legit or is it just well serious? i will say that he has appeared in films before like i, I, I bumped into you at the fucking member of the assassination jesse james in the lighthouse Basic. he's yeah. in that and he sings in it and that was 2007 Jeez, I don't remember him singing that. He's got a small role, yeah. And yeah. He, he sings like around a campfire at one stage. I think he's worked it into some of his movies here and there. So no, no, I think he genuinely likes to sing. Yeah. And, you know, thinks he's a, a multi-talented song and dance man from the 1920s. <laughs> Fair enough. Like. Um, and I'll, but get this as well, right? My friend Carlo, um, he uh, did some digging. And at one stage he was looking at one of the videos and he was like, wait a minute, I think that's... And it is. It was David Burns' guitarist. No way, weird. He was like one of the biggest guns for hire in the business. Yeah. So imagine like as, as part of your vanity project, I'll just I'll just call up David Burns guitarist. Like, yeah, sure, but that, fuck it. But when you have that kind of money, that's that becomes easy. You know what I mean? It's insane. Because that guy probably doesn't even charge that much. You know, girl, you sexist. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will give Jeremy Renner props for Wind River though. That's a absolute it's a good flick. fucking movie, yeah. right? Yeah, it's good. I, I enjoyed it. I recommended that to a bunch of people, and then I yeah, forgot how too. grim it is. I'm like, oh, it's so grim. It's but like, I never stop recommending it to people it's great yeah. yeah it's got really like um like i guess realistic gun violence mm. i don't know yeah. realistic gun violence. fly across the screen it's insane yeah, like it's yeah nuts. um but yeah so that's the rabbit hole in this one goes quite deep and i will be continuing to investigate okay. jeremy renner and uh, maybe i can maybe i can get an interview now, he, now that he's a musician yeah, you, so, yeah i think you've more of a chance of getting that than you do versus so. <laughs> fuck who would i who would i want because like you know huge Irish culture moment that's yeah. probably not going to last too long and any interviews that you get are, like, would be scarce yeah. forever and then that door is closed mm-hmm. or Jeremy Renner I think Jeremy Renner I think it's Jeremy but I, yeah. I think he'd just be like yeah I love music fuck off but you'd get some gold like that stuff out of it yeah you know? man I wish I wrote that piece yeah. it's, it's so class. good it's someone's name actually went on that it's fucking deadly uh, how do you feel about Jay-Z I mean, I have a love-hate when I'm like, yeah, he's got some great albums. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, he's okay. All those features. Some people love him. Like, he's, he's some people's number one always, like, but not for me. Not for me. Uh, he is a billionaire, though. He is a rapper. And he is entering the so fast. he's the first billionaire rapper. rapper yeah, apparently so. told that, like, three times, I feel like. I feel like we were told <laughs> that with 50 Cent when he sold Vitamin Water. And then we were told with uh, Dr. Dre when he got uh, Beats. Beats, yeah. So this is the third time. So I presume he's a legit billionaire. Presumably. Yeah. It's hard to know. I don't think um, 50 Cent was ever a billionaire. I think that a lot of that was just bluster, yeah. I, I mean, think Vitamin Water... was sold for a billion, but his share wasn't that. Right. I think that's what happened, maybe. 
that would make sense. Yeah. Um, I think I'd be sad if Fifty Cent was the first one. Yeah, definitely. Like yeah. of all people, it's like two good albums or one good album uh, and a terrible video game. Do you ever play that one? No. You've never played Fifty Cent Blood on Is the that, Sand. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> in which you Blood on the Sand. That's what it's called. I know. Yeah. In which you play Fifty Cent running around Afghanistan with an, with the fucking AK forty seven. It's a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so PlayStation Two era. Uh, it's insane. Like he's after some like Indiana Jones style crystal skull. That's like, unreal, all of this man. is true. What the hell, like? Yeah. But Jay Z is entering the fast growing cannabis industry, uh, taking a role with California company Saliva Caliva as a strategist. So there you go. He's all about that. It's mad that he's getting into it because he's not really synonymous with weed. Like, like yeah. obviously Wiz Khalifa, Khalifa is balls deep in that industry and Snoop <laughs> and stuff, you know? That makes sense. Afro like, Man. Yeah, is he? Well, remember that song? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. His yeah. only song. Oh man, I have a funny story about Afroman. He, I was on tour in fucking where was it? Detroit, long, long time ago, ten years ago maybe. And the night before, Afroman had played the venue at the height of his popularity. <laughs> the and height of his yeah, Afroman. You know, when when I think, what was the one after? Because I got high. It was like row, row, row your boat. I legitimately take it. He had a second. Steps. Anyway, he had a second single. Just after that second single, and apparently, I was asking the bar staff. And all he did was show up to the fucking stage with a, uh, a stereo, his own stereo, press play, and just rap over the tunes. Like, no. that's class. <laughs> no DJ, nothing like. You could have done that, but instead you had to go all jazz band. Yeah, true. Had to make it hard for yourself. Jesus. What was the one? There was that Asher Roth guy. Yeah, I can't remember much about him. Something about college, but I feel like it was a stoner like a song. white dude, right? He's a white yeah, dude, like a yeah. frat boy rapper. Yeah, yeah and like, that, I'm yeah. pretty sure his song was like very much like a stoner song. Right, okay. But it's not worth remembering, but no. like, again, these kind of weird one-hit wonders, like this is kind of come along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, weird, yeah, strange. But Jay-Z, you know, is, is being much more formal. He'd be wearing a suit when he's smoking his weed. Uh, <laughs> he said, we want to create something amazing and have fun in the process. Do good and bring people along the way. <laughs> well, like, it's a huge industry right now. Like I was listening to Wiz Khalifa talk about it recently, and it's he was saying that you know California is is kind of there's a huge amount of people in the weed industry already, but he was saying if you get into it now, knowing nothing, you'll still make a shit ton of money. Really? Yeah. So imagine what's going to happen over here in like ten years. You know, maybe Jesus. maybe twenty years. I was going to say twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> the Irish government dragging their heels. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. I did my uh, my master's thesis on cannabis legalization, and. That was about three years ago, and that I was like, "Yeah, it's probably gonna be about two years." It's like, <laughs> nothing. And even then, were they like, "No, don't you want to be doing that now?" Yeah, you know, masters like, in that, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they were actually really sound about it. Yeah, but it was minute, so they're gonna be sound about that. Was it interesting? It was really interesting, man. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. Interesting to know how much the government really they fuck around and they just try to kick the ball down the road. Oh yeah, repeatedly, so they don't have to make the, the tough decisions. But then, so they told us it was bad for us for 20 years, and now it's it's legal medicinally here, but you have to apply for your license. So they're admitting that it is good for you, basically. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're allowing people to get it it's medicinally. Like, it sounds like politicians can't be trusted. Yeah. <laughs> there was a story during the week, and it was like the most fun headline I've ever written in my life, where yeah. it was like a doll members bar closed due to presence of large rats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight like, away, it's like, not the first one, there's a few large dude, rats in the there. Comments, <laughs> I mean, fuck me. Like, like, I, I put it on Facebook, and I wrote like, you know, I literally wrote as myself, I said, if the jokes write themselves with this one, yeah, really. Yeah, of course. Smash cut to all the comments, and like one guy in particular being like, Sure, the politicians in there, they're, they're the rats. <laughs> I was like, wow, you've cracked the fucking enigma fucking code on this the one bro. there, Seamus. You nailed it. 
crazy. Like I, I love mean, that shit. Man. I remember so one. Funny. I remember one. Like a while ago, I remember one of my mates like put this up before where it was like such a fucking classic Irish Facebook dad thing of like yeah. someone put up like a photograph of like a dog somewhere there was a news story about a dog and there's like this dog can sniff out cancer right. or something and one guy comments and goes need to get him into the doll yeah and uh, so you can sniff out corruption and, and <laughs> so <laughs> was this it's like what the fuck oh jeez like, yeah, yeah horrific uh, Irish flag in the profile or was there I'd say so yeah <laughs> five kids like uh, speaking of kids though uh, Metallica are doing <laughs> you're getting good at that man <laughs> thanks <laughs> Metallica are doing an illustrated children's book because why not? Yeah. Uh, it's called The ABCs of Metallica and it's available in stores and digitally on November the 26th, by which point I presume you'll be reading all kinds of literature to your newborn child. Probably this could be what you do. I'll read them that book. Yeah. A portion of the proceeds will benefit the All Within My Hands Foundation. I love how, how all of this stuff portion? Is, how much of a portion are we talking? It doesn't specify. What's Lars given here? Uh, but 5% it aims to fight hunger and support workforce education in struggling communities okay. uh, the band have said we have a new book coming out and this time it rhymes we're having a bit of fun as the ABCs of Metallica hits the shelves blah 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 all for great cause yeah I've said that already uh, including rhymes and illustrations this looks back at history of the band from A to Z each layer of the alphabet highlights a moment along our journey from garage days to master puppets to fun I'm facts kind of, I want to get that to be honest like N for Napster do we think will that be it? <laughs> yeah. I was going to be I was going to go really dark and be like you know say? b for a bus crash oh like, jesus like i don't know I mean, like, a like, for like, alcoholism <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> b for bob rock oh. let's do this kind of whole way through b for bob rock would be great yeah <laughs> c for creeping death uh, oh nice man Surely St. Anger gets in there. Yeah, it gets, it it gets the S. Yeah. Like, yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, they've, they've already brought out their own brand of whiskey. Uh, I went to see them, of course, in Paris recently, and I got really yeah. fucking drunk on their whatever beer it was. I think it was like 5.9% or something. They have a beer as well. They have a beer called Enter Night. And were you getting it for free? I was. Oh, savage. There was like a... There was in the a, press area? Yeah, yeah. There was oh, a, there was a, I was in the friends and family area. Oh, that's cool. Had, had our own barman. That's cool, man. And like a fridge stocked with beer. And with you like a beer Metallica beer went in like with like plastic cups, like poured cans in, went back to like all access. I could go wherever I wanted. It was insane. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. I got obviously s- you didn't get an interview or anything, but no, they weren't in an interview. Sadly, uh, we yeah. talked to some of the tech team. They were co- that's really cool. They were cool guys. Yeah, yeah. and they're saying like their big stage what they brought to saying takes like a day and a half to set up and that really? kind of stuff. It's crazy, dude. It's such a machine. Like yeah, of course. Yeah, and when they were apparently they were, here, they were like, amazing at Stain. Um, I didn't go to Stain, but it was yeah. the same show I saw in Paris, which was great. I mean, like ultimately, like Metallica are Metallica. Like this yeah. just you get what you get and they do it well they're the U2 of metal so like I mean it's a show do you think they play to tracks now I know this is so controversial but you hear that all the time. I remember like people like I remember seeing Slipknot and people were like you know oh like they were definitely playing to backing tracks and I'm like yeah I, I, well, I, I, I don't understand with Slipknot because there's so much more going I on I also wouldn't care and they I'm have a like, DJ anyway so it's a show you're yeah. just like, um, Metallica, uh, I mean I, I kind of feel like Kirk Hammett wouldn't allow that yeah He's so into it. Like, I feel it's hard for drums. Like, you, you couldn't really... Oh, Lars made so many mistakes. Like, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay, hilarious. Cool. Like, right. visibly, I was like, what's he playing? And even, yeah, <laughs> even yeah, like, yeah, when they did, like, Whiskey in the Jar, it's like, and if you watch that video, you're like, he's playing something else entirely. Yeah. Like, he's just like, he's just keeping a beat. Like, well, then they must not play the tracks then, yeah. That's fucking pretty admirable, man, at their yeah, age. Like, they're, they're still, like, like a huge going concern. I think this tour has done them a lot of fucking business and, and done them a lot of good stead as well. And yeah. even, like, stuff like, you know, like a drop in the ocean to them, but, like, donating, like, you know, 40 grand 
individually to two different Irish that's really cool over. that's yeah. really need to do that kind of stuff there's no like, need you know? yeah exactly yeah and it's that classic thing as well like you see all the metalheads because like it's all it's all family bro yeah so everyone's just like they always feel like, strengthened by it it's that kind of weird kind of community thing about like that kind of style of music where it's like we're, we're really in this together yeah exactly and I think yeah. also like I wouldn't begrudge you know Metallica get a lot of shit and I'm not saying they don't deserve it but like yeah. I wouldn't begrudge a Metallica fan no. I'm like at least you care about something you know oh, 100% yeah no that is cool yeah, no, I lo- I like Metallica a lot. Like if that was they got some fucking tunes. Like they have some amazing. I albums, disappear. Man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they have some crazy albums. Like they really so, do. So so good. They have more good albums than they do bad. I think probably on balance. Yeah, yeah. But that's for another day. Anyway, we won't go too deep. Uh, down, speaking though. of tunes, though, let's break into songs of the week. Savage. Uh, we'll start with yours, will we? Yeah, uh, sure. Craig mentioned this on last week's show, so technically it's a song of the fortnight. But you're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from the most recent Mad Lib album, and it's a collab with uh, Killer Mike and Pusha T, fresh from Longitude. Mm-hmm. This song is called Pam Olive. Serving every prime green and bookie with that vanilla smoothie. Scary Gary nigga, my neighborhood, something like delusion. Vladimir Banana clip move with Russian collusion shooters. Uh, fuck a track hole selling that pussy on computers. What's the crack? Did you listen to that album? I've listened to it a bit. Yeah. I kind of find, sometimes I find there can be a meandering nature to hip hop that like, yeah. unless I'm like locked into it, I just stuff can, can kind of just like fizzle over my head especially if like you're working or something yeah I think that like that album is because the original one they did together Pinata is one of the best like it's one of the best hip hop albums ever maybe for me like it's up there it's that good just because you have these two greats coming together and Freddie Gibbs wasn't really a great before he was on that record you know um, like obviously Madlib had done so much stuff before that but this record had a lot to live up to, so they had to do a really good job. And I, I honestly think they did. But in saying that, the first few times I listened to it, I was like a little bit disappointed. But then when the tracks started creeping into me a bit more, the creeping death, then uh, it was it was just amazing. That that track is really good. That I just picked that one because it just it's kind of like the one that everybody's talking about from the album because it has the Pusha T verse and it has the Killer Mike Hook on it and stuff and, and the beat is deadly. It's just... I just love Freddie Gibbs in general. I just... I, there's something about him like the way his wordplay and the way he he's so introspective as well which is kind of rare in hip hop it's like it's either like a lot of braggadocious shit or just fucking wordplay and metaphors over and over again but what he does everything but also he talks about how he is as well like and, and his like his kind of uh, his problems and his like you know says he's not perfect you know so I think that's good it's very introspective yeah, I mean, also, I think with regards to the features, like, Killer Mike and Pusha T is quite a combination. Yeah. Um, and, like, Killer Mike's one of those ones where, like, uh, run, like that last Run the Jewels album just really didn't work for me. Yeah. And I was kind of like, uh, like, has he lost it? Like, is, is is the gloss off here? And then, like, you take a bit of a break from Killer Mike and then, like, you hear him, you're like, oh, like, I mean, like, he's just such a signature force. Like, he's just got yeah. such an incredible command. I think we just heard too much of Run the Jewels I for a while. I think so, yeah. You know? And, yeah. like, I'm guilty. Like, I was very much like, give me another album yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I got yeah. it and I was like, oh, actually, yeah. no, I'm a little bit over this. Uh, that was their third album, was it? It was, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's very tough to keep churning out good stuff. Like, nobody ever, who does it? But they're also kind of, like, a bit of a sleeper hit. Like, I don't think mm. anyone kind of realized like, how good they would be. And then it was like, oh my God, this is like the best shit ever. Yeah. And yeah. More of this, please. Oh, yeah, they're great. And yeah. then it was like, oh, okay, no, the limitations are starting to show. And even like Push T was like someone where 
I came to Push Steve very late. Mm-hmm. And even like, I remember like before Daytona came out, um, Higgs, who I do the show with, he was very much, or do no popcorn with, he was like, what do you mean? You don't know, you don't, you don't know Push T? And I was like, I know Push T, but I don't know Push T. And then like, obviously Daytona was like one of the best albums I've ever heard. Do you think so? Yeah, really? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think it's fucking yeah, amazing. I'm like, I'm not crazy on that album. Really? Yeah, I just think he's a little bit one dimensional. Okay. Is it, do you think he's one dimensional on this? On that track, yeah, well, that's yeah, it's classic him. I, I think <laughs> it's like the Killer Mike thing. It works because I don't really listen to Pusha T all the time, there so he can come yeah. in with fifteen cocaine references, and that's fresh for me. <laughs> but like, if I was to listen to full album, that gets old. You know Do you I mean? think he's played out? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why they don't work for me was because it was like so brief. You know, it was yeah. like twenty plus minutes and like seven tracks. It's great. I love that. Yeah, and it rained him in. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, whereas, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like and that, the, the production was really good as insane. well. Insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, whatever, like, your qualms or your kind of, like, problems with Kanye, like, no, you can't deny. No, I think Kanye is a genius, man, yeah. It's just crazy. Like, I mean, yeah. the fucking, like, it, the, if you know, you know, it kicks in. Yeah, it's like, it's are you kidding like, me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like yeah. this track, to bring it back to this track, but again, I just, I, I gave the album a couple of spins and I was like, man, I don't know, there's a lot going on here. I think with those Mad Lib, Freddie Gibbs records, it's like you have to really put in the time with them. You know, and then they become they're worth they they're so worthy of it, but they're not gonna jump out at you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like classic hip hop. Like you have to kind of like work with it. Like you, you know, Wu Tang and Nas and stuff are amazing, but the reason they're amazing is because we, our attention spans were a lot better back then. You mm. know what I mean? Like now, if if Nas came out now, I don't think he would really make waves. You know? Really? I don't think so, man. Because like people have such short attention spans now. You know, they really do. Like Even how we consume music as well has changed, of course. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, well, here is uh, a new artist, uh, debut album coming. This is Sampa the Great, and this song is called OMG. So, The Return, which is the name of the album, arrives in September. Uh, the first full-length album from the Zambia-born, Australia-based artist. Uh, this was a tough week in terms of like finding new tracks that I thought were actually worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw this one kind of doing the rounds and was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. And then straight out, I was like, yeah, yeah, I thought you could win. This is good. I like it. Yeah. It's got good energy. Yeah. I liked it, yeah. Yeah? Like, I didn't, didn't love, love it. it. Yeah. I didn't love it. <laughs> but again, I didn't really get to give it multiple listens, so I'm going to have to do that. Uh, I listened to it twice and I was like yeah it's good it just didn't really do like yeah her flow was really like different but like I thought it was a little bit like lacking melody or something like that I don't know yeah I mean she doesn't have to have that who am I to say she needs to have melody you know what I mean well there you go I mean I don't know (laughs) like it's kind of like it's that weird thing in a week in which like I found that it was quite diluted music wise Mm -hmm. because it tends to be one of the fucking other it tends to be like you know oh my god there's too much music yeah and I can't possibly whittle this down and then with this one I was like ah I mean like like, this is definitely working in terms of like I'm walking around in the sun listening to it and it's got like a nice vibe to it Um, yeah substance wise death wise I don't quite know um, I think it's it's a good first kind of attention grab, and it's kind of like I will definitely continue to oh for pay sure yeah I'll be waiting for something else and see where this yeah. goes yeah but like I kind of found myself being like do I know this artist because like even like some of the like the kind of I guess the marketing push is, was very much kind of being like you know like this is the moment and I'm like I've yeah. never heard of this person before yeah, ever yeah, yeah. So, I have neither no yeah. this is the first time 
Um, so for me, no, it's it, not bad. Not yeah, for me, for, for me, it was a pretty good introduction. Uh, you have your doubts. Yeah, like I'm just that, like I have to hear some more stuff. That's all. All right, that's fair. <laughs> uh, we'll keep it short and sweet, uh, and we'll, we'll return to uh, we'll we'll bring it back home for uh, yeah. for villagers. Back to Ireland. Back to Ireland. Yeah, go on the lads. <laughs> <laughs> for villagers, uh, Connor Bryan surprise released a new song earlier in the week ahead of well, it's the day of the podcast dropping his sold out show at the Ivy Gardens in Dublin. This is called Summer's Song. Had the pleasure of interviewing Connor, of course, on No Encore last year. Great dude, very thoughtful and contemplative fellow. Um, on this one, he teamed up with Dave Friedman, who has done production work for the likes of Tame Impala and MGMT uh, and several others. And it's not fully in the psychedelic vein, but yeah. it is really kind of like loose in as much as like, you know, he himself was like, I've put six flugelhorns into this thing. Right. Um, and I can't believe I was able to actually indulge myself that way. And See, also, I couldn't even pick that out for really to it. No. Okay. Yeah. It's quite dreamlike. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean the flugelhorns themselves. Um, like I couldn't, I couldn't isolate that. And you, hear you've them. got a, you, you've got a brass like kind of, what's the word here? I'm looking for skepticism. Is it? No, no, not at all. No, I like the song a lot. Would you believe I've never heard villages before? That what? <laughs> Are you serious? I swear to God, I don't believe that. I swear. Oh my God, I've heard of them obviously <laughs> repeatedly, but I've never actually just clicked on like a villagers song. Before. Well, this is a hell of a one to start with. Yeah, no, it's a good song. I really enjoyed it. I was walking around in the in the park with a lot of dogs earlier, like listening to it, and I was enjoying it. Yeah, Tinley Veiled Dog Brag. There, <laughs> this is a really interesting one to hear for the first time ever. I think uh, because it's neither it's neither indicative of villagers nor not indicative of villagers yeah. because like Connor Brown's always going to be associated with these very kind of baroque um soul searching kind of one man show even though he often plays with a band and villagers often expands to being a band but he is the but he is force. the band really. oh yeah like yeah. He, he's the chief songwriter he writes everything yeah, yeah. He's, like he's without question the driving force he's the fucking you know the the genius behind all of this mm-hmm. and the style has kind of evolved over like four albums so far and it has it can be that thing it can be like the guy in the room with the you know acoustic guitar okay. and, and just his feelings, yeah. or it can be this kind of like sweeping, almost orchestral kind yeah, of cinematic yeah. dance. Like he's he's been really good at like not so much reinvention because I don't think he's ever like fully like ripped it up and started again. But uh-huh. he's been, just been really good at growing older yeah. and like and, and writing his songs and, and kind of keeping to himself. Which is something I'm learning with music. Obviously, being an old middle thirties now at the stage <laughs> is like something that appeals to me is like writing to your age. I think Brand New did it really well before they were cancelled. Yeah. Um, they did, which is a fucking shame. Yeah, they really felt like they grew up with me. And I guess Villagers are doing that for people that... If you were to recommend an album of Villagers for me to start with, what would you recommend? I'd almost go with the new one. And I know some Villagers fans would be like, what the fuck? Yeah. But like, The Art of Pretending to Swim is the album that came out last year. And I thought it was... I thought it was just like really fucking brilliant. I, I know people have problems with that record and they think it actually betrays you know, his original kind of artistic vision. Um, everyone's going to point to the first album. Um, I mean, like, you, like, this sounds like, like like I'm trying to tell you a fucking used car here, but like, you can't really go wrong. Yeah. Um, first or the fourth, I would say. I yeah. mean, like the second one, Awayland, is really good, but it's definitely a lot more kind of like, 
it's it's a bit more opaque. Uh, the third one is definitely a bit very kind of intimate, which right. which uh, Darling Arithmetic, which is great. But I think I think yeah, I think give the fourth one a go because it's I think it's it's his most expansive. It kind of plays around with some electronics and okay. it kind of opens them up. And I think it's just a bit more accessible. Lyrically, the best. Oof. Hard to say. Uh, hard to say. Yeah. I mean, I th- I thought there was some terrific introspective, and again, that kind of growing older thing. But then yeah. again, like again, I think I'm not a diehard Villages fan. Yeah, I guess like, like I'm like I'm not like I love Villages, but I but I, I wouldn't be as much educated. Are you going to see them in the Ivy Garden? I'm not man. I'm going for pints after work. Ah. It's my birthday. Who's supporting them? Is your birthday? Oh yeah, uh, Aldis Harding is supporting. Okay, right, right. She's fucking great. I'd be yeah. hella gig. Uh, that's how everyone gets the weather. They have some good uh, gigs in Ivy Gardens this yeah, year, it's right? Fucking legit. Um, like, I mean, Idols are playing tonight. Playing right with now. the clack. Yeah, that'd be good. The clack are good. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really good. A lot of buzz about them. Uh, Damo played the other night. The classic. Did you go? I didn't. No, because I was playing Longitude. Uh, I would have gone. Though. What an excuse? I went a few times. To see are you there. Are you going to be off gigs now for a while? Uh, what do you mean? You're about to have a kid. No, I'm playing knock and socking the day before he's due. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have a festival the next weekend as well. Gee, well, okay, what, then, what, what about just going to them? Uh, yeah, but like, I I mean, within reason. Stay, stay at home, Dad. Yeah, stay at home. Like, I'm going to be, yeah. Like, if I'm working at something, if I'm gigging, I'm working. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's fair. You got to go to work, you know? Uh, this would be a good time to plug your grand social gig. Yeah, uh, yeah. actually, I have a gig, a headliner in the grand social, September 27th. Um yeah, the tickets are selling pretty well so if you want to come see me get on it it's going to be great there won't be dogs there there oh. will be a full band and many other performers <laughs> um, yeah it'll be good crack and I'll be it's there it's going to be fun yeah Dave's so, going to be there I'll be there hopefully the other two lads will be there as well I'll drag them I'll stick them on the yeah. guest list yeah. it'll be good you know like we'll see <laughs> uh, I should mention that the the lads uh, Dahi thought he was at Latitude this weekend right. but it's actually next weekend He's at the Galway Film Fla oh, as lovely. I record this. He's now become a film person because he just released a he new did a EP. score, right? Yes, yeah. he, did, he released a new EP called Halo, uh, which is for a short film of the same name, which is getting its kind of um, contention or documentary premiere, or whatever, whatever's happening over at the Galway Film Fla. I don't know. I'm not one of those people. I said to him earlier on, I was like, I'm worried they're becoming a film person. And he was like, what is that? And I was like, I don't know, like Suits, Champagne, someone who debates Stanley Kubrick's Lucia yeah. versus the Jeremy Irons <laughs> one. And he's like, I'm a documentarian now, Dave. So, <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's living the life. So he went back next week but Craig will Craig is off to Bilbao he's there right now he went over to see The Strokes he's gone to a festival no way and he'll be back in next week he messaged me earlier on and he said that um, he actually sent a voice note of insane sounding music outside his outside his window oh jeez I thought he'd gone to like a Mumford and Sons gig <laughs> but he said there's a man with a fiddle outside and I'm like was it oh, it's like the window of his hotel, yeah. Or is there being beers? It's if it's, if I know Craig, like I know Craig, he he'll he'll have, gone, he'll, gone, he'll gone hotel, yeah. Are we against Airbnb now? No, well, yeah. I kind of after fucking Norway when I was in like a weird fucking gingerbread house. Oh, yeah, really? Which is really strange, gaff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I just thought because what they're doing to Dublin. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was actually that's why I was evicted. But like, hotels yeah. are doing the same thing anyway. So what podcast is this now? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, you're grand. <laughs> uh, like like I, I just don't know if I have the Eddie Hobbs. Uh, Irish society thing too. So what I, what I will do instead is I will reward the listener with two more news stories okay, that I forgot go. to do earlier on. Okay. <laughs> so yes, um, things are not so bad for Taylor Swift after all. Would you believe mm-hmm. after you know she's been given out about uh, having her masters taken away and thus her control, but she is in fact, as per Forbes and their annual Celebrity 100 ranking, the world's highest paid celebrity. That's insane. There you go. I wouldn't have thought it. I wouldn't have thought it either. Yeah. I don't know who I would have thought it instead of, but there you go. Um, like, that's huge. Like, how much, what's the net She worth? had a pre-tax income of $185 million. 
based on last year. In one year. Yeah, it comes from a lot of it comes from the Reputation Stadium World Tour, which wrapped up and brought in $345 million internationally into the Swift camp. But would like here. Floyd Mayweather not, Mayweather not have made more than that? He's not in the top 10, would you believe? Oh, he didn't fight this year, that's why. Um, as a matter of fact, I have the top 10 here. Yeah. Taylor Swift, number one. Uh-huh. Kylie Jenner, number two. Okay. Kanye West, number three. What's Kanye's main revenue from Yeezys and stuff? It must be. Yeah. I can't quite tell. He not do that much touring. Like, no. Yeah. Uh, number four, Lionel Messi. Okay. Number five, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, that makes sense. Who, as of this podcast dropping, has put out a brand new album. There you go. What a birthday present. Did you listen to it? Not yet, but we'll do it on the show next week. It's a, <laughs> it's a collaborations album. Oh, brilliant. I hope yeah. he has the ones with Eminem we did last year. Oh, Jesus, God. Mary and Joseph. Number six, Cristiano Ronaldo. Number seven, Neymar. Number eight, The Eagles. <laughs> They're not a person. <laughs> <laughs> number nine, Dr. Phil McGraw. Dr. Phil. Dr. Yeah, Phil, yeah. number nine. Dr. Phil's a legend, man. Apparently so. Did you listen to him? He's on the Rogan podcast. I would. I, I can't listen to the Rogan podcast. <laughs> three hours. Let's not get into it. Three hours of like a, a stoner telling me how to live my life. <laughs> Nothing wrong with stoners, by the way, I should note. I'm not like having a go with them, but like it's just his permanent mode. I get you, I get you. And number 10, Canelo Alvarez in, okay, in yeah. this list. Uh, for extra perspective, you'll find the likes of Lady Gaga, Celine Dion, Kendrick Lamar, Calvin Harris, and Rory McIlroy in the bottom 10. I'm surprised Kendrick is in there. Yeah, and Calvin Harris I thought would have been higher as well because he's fucking minted. Like, he yeah. does all his Vegas residencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. What about other big DJs, like other big EDM people? Uh, would have been there. Like Marshmello or yeah, Dead or, Mouse. Yeah, someone like that, yeah. I don't know. The full 100 list is available to read over on Forbes. Um, I just topped and tailed it. I get you. Know? you. So there you go. They're probably, I'm sure. Oh, the bottom there. 10, you mean 9200? That's 9200, oh, yeah, yeah. So okay. There you go. Uh, yeah. That makes sense for Kendrick then. I thought you were talking about 10 to 20. No, no, no. Sorry, like, yeah. that's, that's 90 onwards. Uh, and finally in the news this week, uh, breaking news as of Thursday, Noel Gallagher has Noel gallagher all over the place. He's <laughs> done an interview with Variety in which the feud that he's having with Lewis Capaldi, which benefits them both, is continuing. Um, <laughs> he was asked, are the youth truly being saddened by all these sad songs being put out into the world? And Noel Gallagher said, it seems to me that every singer-songwriter gets to be shitter than the next person. It's a race to the bottom. And you dig deep enough with these cunts. They're not even singer-songwriters because they don't write their own fucking songs. Uh, he said that at Glastonbury Weekend, uh, even though he wasn't performing and Liam was, Noel was still has somehow the story. Obviously, Lewis Capaldi, I don't know if you saw this, but Lewis Capaldi uh, was yeah. slagged off by Noel Gallagher and basically pulled a Jay-Z. Yeah, came out in the hat. No, I thought yeah. that was funny. Man. It was funny. Yeah. Lewis Capaldi's whole thing is banter. He's funny, man. He is funny. Yeah. Uh, I've interviewed him twice. He's a lovely fella. Yeah, is he? Uh, yeah. Oh, he's dead on. That's cool. Crazy dead on. Really, yeah. really nice, actually. And genuinely like See, that personal. says a lot. Because um, Noel's probably not, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've never interviewed him, but you know, if you're listening, Noel, you know, you're always welcome. Uh, I will say that, like, I think Lewis Capaldi's shtick can probably only go so far, and yeah. I can understand why people are like put off by it. Mm-hmm. But it's working for him, and we talked about it on the show, like the cognitive dissonance of that versus then he starts to sing, and it's all really grim songs. Oh, I think that's cool because, <laughs> and I think it's different. That's the thing. Yeah. Whereas he's like he's talking about him like he's just another pop star. He's not like you know what I mean. He sounds mm. like just another pop star. Then he then he goes on like and look at the head of them as well like you know, yeah yeah, gas, exactly, yeah. Like. <laughs> well let's see what you think about Noel uh, who expanded on the Lewis Capaldi thing he obviously didn't say enough he said fucking Chewbacca should enjoy his fifteen minutes Jesus the greatest Christ. day of his life that I slagged him off or called him an idiot it's the greatest day of his fucking life so far he's just thinking wow well I know you're Scottish and all that but fucking hell it is like a third world country but for fuck's sake man you must have had a better day than this surely. 
Uh, the youth of today are fucking moronic cunts, if you ask me. I meet young people and they're so culturally lost at the moment. All they can do, young people, is take pictures of each other because there's nothing else. You know, when a band walks out on stage, they might as well be at a photo shoot. Nobody lives in the moment. Everybody's sharing everything with everybody. Now, he's got some points in there, but uh, it's very shit. angry old man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, shake harder, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, like, oh, no, I feel like, like he's just... <laughs> I feel like that's so stereotypical that he's trying to grab headlines of that. Oh, shit. he's a rent quote, like, yeah. and he knows how to play the game. And of course, he has a fucking EP to promote. He knows yeah, what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but lastly, on this one, his own daughter tweeted out and said that she wants to be Lewis Capaldi when she grows up. No way. Which Noel said, uh, "Well, she better be better looking than that cunt. Oh, Let's geez. hope she doesn't have his looks or his girth." Oh jeez. I'm not going Christ. to allow that. She's going to have a bad day soon if she wants to be Lewis Capaldi when she grows up. That's not sound at all. That's grim as fuck. Yeah, that's a really weird way. Nasty. Even to be grabbing headlines, you don't fucking... Like, if someone was like, yeah, your daughter wants to be... Yeah, grand, that's her. She's a separate person. No. You don't need to say anything about her weight, like... 52-year-old man slams 22-year-old and also his young daughter in the process. (laughs) Good job. You fucked it, mate. (laughs) Fuck's sake. Uh, Yeah, so look, as noted... Uh, no album review on the show this week. However, I did catch up with Stephen King from Fang Club. Mm-hmm. I chatted to him for a feature that went out on Joe at the weekend. And we have that interview. You've heard it. Mm-hmm. What did you make of it? I really, really enjoyed it. And Fang Club are another band that I know like little to none about. Like I've heard a lot of their songs like over the last while. And I actually liked them, man. I liked them a lot. I think they're doing something a bit different. Like in the best way possible, it reminds me of Blast Gigs years ago. In the best way possible. That sounds like a slag. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Like, it sounds like those bands from back in the day. Oh, like, dude. Like, like, In Me or something like that. No, you know? completely. Like, my, my thing on Fine Club. Like, we reviewed the first album. Everybody, what's with all the hate? People hate them, man. Uh, they're on a major, I don't know, they're on a major label. Like, is that the right, reason? Like, okay. I don't know if, the, I don't know if that's the reason. But they, yeah, Every fucking big metal band's on a major they've label. They've got a lot of stick and they appear to be bigger in, like, America and the UK than they are in Ireland for whatever yeah. reason. And, like, I don't think it necessarily bothers them too much it's something that comes up in the interview that you're about to hear but like it's one of those things where i think they're kind of they're just kind of a little bit mystified by it mm. and i mean i don't know if it was just because like they kind of came out around the time that otherkin were around and like look full disclosure i nicknamed fan club baby otherkin for a while because yeah. they were just always associated and again i, I don't just, think they sound alike they though. don't sound no. alike so like mea culpa it wasn't even a fair nickname but i mean yeah. like it's that thing of like i think it's just because you're just seeing this thing yeah and this is like you. pre like the fontaine's explosion and all that kind of stuff happening so Maybe, like, people were just like, oh, we want new rock bands, but not these guys, for whatever reason. I Maybe, don't quite know. I think what probably happened was people thought they were inauthentic, you know? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. But again, they, they don't strike me as, like, selling anything too hard. Like, I mean, like... No, they don't. And this, like, yeah. They're and young the, lads the, who, like, when dress like they're in a rock band. The like, tunes are there. Like, they, they're pretty the tunes good. tunes are there. I, re- I actually really like the new album. And I will say that, like... And I mean, like, like I mean it just how you mean it, because like I was thinking about this. I was listening to the album quite a bit, and I was like, "Man, Teenage Day would fucking love these guys." Yeah, I would. Exactly. I would fucking love. That's them. what I was thinking. I, I would think they're yeah. fantastic. Like, like if 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 I was like fifteen, sixteen, and I was like reading Kerrang still, and I was like, hundred percent, only listening to rock music and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think they, I think they made a really good account of themselves, and I think Stephen King, while talking to him, also did the same. Uh, so yeah, so instead of an album this week, here is an interview with myself and Stephen from Fine Club. First of all, how are you? Yeah. You've been really fucking busy. Yeah, we've been really busy. Yeah. We've been on tour with Smashing Pumpkins, mm. played Slain, 
recorded a second record and slept now and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how is your sleeping pattern? I mean, like, is it possible to even have one? Yeah, like, um, the la- over the last year, since the beginning of 2018, I've had this really rigorous, like, routine going where I would, I'm up at, like, five in the morning and I try to have all my band work done, I guess, if it's, like, writing or the band admin and shit like that. Get that done by, like, two so that I can kind of have the rest of the day to, mm. to do whatever. So I've been sticking to that for about a year. It's going well. It's going well. <laughs> does, uh, does band admin fall exclusively to you? Uh, no, we kind of split it between the three of us. Um, try to do as much as we can because we're trying to learn as much as we can about the business as well. Say when we got signed, the first thing we did was start our own label to just basically put out our friends' bands, local bands, and promote all that and just thought that would be a fun thing to do you know mm. so trying to do everything we can within the business is like a really good learning process as well is that like also a weird kind of contradiction in terms because we have this kind of romantic idea of rock yeah. and roll bands yeah. being like oh fuck fuck the system fuck the yeah, establishment yeah, but obviously yeah. you're signed by major label yeah and it sounds like you've got a business head on your shoulders so yeah, how yeah. is that kind of coexistence yeah it's a weird thing we get the major label thing a lot and uh as a as a slight like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's very strange because all the majors I mean, own all of the indies now at this stage, so I think everybody's somehow attached to a major label. We don't, I don't really care about any of that. I don't really care about what anybody thinks or if they'd say about the major label or whatever that. If they dig one of the songs, awesome. The most important thing we've had so far was, like, you go on tour and you see, like, these teenagers, like, screaming the songs back, and you're like, oh, okay, right. This is exactly why we're doing it, you know. Mm. There's somebody out there who's maybe, you know, when you're a young teenager and you're like, you're in that identity crisis mode, maybe you go see a band and something clicks in your brain. So I want to be, have my band to be part of that. Like, Yeah, I, I think the identity crisis thing, it doesn't necessarily go away with age either. No, not at all. <laughs> no, no. And no. I mean, again, like, it's kind of like, you, you might look at a band like Fan Club and think that, oh, yeah. it's all rosy in the garden, but yeah. I assume that even being on a major label brings its own unique challenges. And you're about mm-hmm. to your second album, which I think for a lot of people would think, like, this could yeah. be make or break. Yeah, we've heard that, like, oh, the difficult second album and stuff mm. like that. It's such a cliche. Yeah, it yeah. is. It really is a cliche. Did it feel like it, though, even putting it together? No, like... A, a lot of the uh, you know real life stuff that was happening outside of the band there was huge struggles and personal issues and stuff so going off to record a second album was just kind of like a dream you know mm. to be able to escape the reality and stuff but and put it out there kind of filter it out yeah, it's interesting you kind of, you mentioned that because, I mean, like, your press release, which I assume you've read. Oh, yeah. And I assume you have control over to some mm-hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. Is extremely uh, explicit, like, mm. and honest about your own kind of struggles that you've gone through. Yeah. Which is rare for a press release. I mean, a press release yeah. is usually just, like, the most, I've written some of them. You yeah, know? yeah, I mean, sure. like, I yeah. know, like, I, I, I know the, the, the kind of bullshit blush that can happen. I mean, like, yeah. I guess before we even get into that, if you want to, mm-hmm. how do you feel about having that out there in that kind of form? I feel good about it because... I started getting really obsessed with um, the notion of... I've seen a lot of bands going out there and promoting this other lifestyle, like a party, go, 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 go lifestyle, and it doesn't exist. And then you have young fans who are extremely, like, you know, you're influencing them, and you're putting them down a path that doesn't exist. definitely doesn't lead to anywhere. When, When we would tour, we would, like meet a lot of teenagers and kids and even people in their 20s and stuff and they would just be so open 
to how the bands help them and how maybe the music helps them and that's not just our band but like a lot of bands in the scene and uh, I just start realizing that like I really don't want to promote this fake self-imploding thing mm. of a party lifestyle it's not that you know it's like um, everybody's got struggles everybody's got different issues and stuff and I wanted to put mine out there like I've been through it now so I'm kind of on the other side of it hopefully maybe somebody can just some girl or some some guy or whoever like uh, reads that or picks up on it in the album or something like that and just starts chatting to their friends or something you know anything like you know on tour with Smashing Pumpkins name drop and <laughs> oh yeah to, to drop yeah. that name like I mean and they to were, be fair they, they were yeah, they were hugely like about uh, promoting that like mental health and um, every night they would do a big talk about that suicide rates being so high it's just it's just so important I can't I just couldn't bring myself to carry on in the band and ignore it and pretend it's not there. That's at the shows themselves, to to the fans. Yeah, in in front of 10,000 people. He'd give a big talk about how suicide rates are, you know, through the roof. And he would say something cool. He'd be like, you know, how many people are we not getting to in time? How many future Kurt Cobain's and Elliot Smith's have we lost already that we will never know? I guess those moments, whether it's that, which obviously is like, you know, someone I assume is a huge influence for you. Yeah, yeah. And or whether it's a fan of fan club coming up to you after show. Mm, yeah. I mean, these sound like real, like, take a look in the mirror moments for you. Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. Very strange, like, and it only takes, like, maybe a month afterwards for me to actually realize it, like, in hindsight. And, you know, when I'm actually reflecting on it and I'm like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Or I would say to my dad or something, say, like, oh, this kid came up to me and said this. And, and then he would be like, that's huge that's amazing you know i remember like when we were teenagers you don't you didn't talk about any of that stuff really you just kind of bottle it up like totally yeah <laughs> yeah some so. people still do and always will exactly yeah and it's kind of like it's just so dangerous you know it's Hugely, so dangerous yeah. yeah i guess from your own point of view i mean like in terms of kind of what you say yourself you know you've come out the other side of things you've mm-hmm. obviously struggled was it a case of a natural thing happening because you're in such a strange world or did you actually feel that you had to live up to a certain thing? My thing was my family were, at the same time we got a record deal and it was like this amazing dream coming true mm. and all of these great things, we were getting tours and stuff. At the exact same time, like within the same week, my family was starting to implode and crumble up and the kind of push and pull of those two, like extremes of like extreme negativity and extreme positivity caused me to just be like chase certain things to to numb it all i just wanted to be asleep all the time i just did not want to be awake i could just stay drunk then i'll be all right you know and then eventually alcohol doesn't do it anymore so you start taking other things with the alcohol and then that leads to all of this all these other issues of bottled up things and i was getting really paranoid and a little bit delusional with what's real. I was stressed out. I was exhausted. The main thing was I, I just thought like I've become like this weight on the band and my girlfriend and stuff like that. We came off a huge tour. Went on to another huge tour. 
And by the end of that tour, I was really ill and like had an incident outside in London. And then when we got back from that, we were to have two weeks off and we got asked to do another tour. And I stupidly went on that tour. And by Christmas 2017, it was it was to the point where I was just like, I don't want to do anything anymore. I don't want to play in a, in a band or none of it mattered anymore. And uh, I was making a lot of trying to be as creative as I could, like making lots of artwork and stuff, showing my dad. And he, he said to me, it was like a warning sign. It was a lot of collage art with pictures of our band or pictures of me and stuff like that and I would deface myself and all the pictures so uh he basically threw me in the car and brought me to to a clinic and uh he was like we're getting this sorted you know I guess it's sometimes and there's these kind of tragic or like almost tragic things are happening like my family kind of got together and uh really kind of like fought for me to like get well and my girlfriend as well she's awesome and then the bands like all the guys took over all of the roles i would usually do you know and we got asked to do a tour then with the cribs who were like one of my favorite bands ever and i was in my mind i was like i'm not doing this tour i couldn't believe i was saying that so i was like i need to stop this you know so i just quit everything and went stone cold sober from, from christmas 2017 you talk me out of the shock Good luck is starting to feel bad I'm stuck hiding above Your heart is our savior When you kind of hit that level of like depression mode or something, the whole universe revolves around you. Of course, yeah. The whole universe. And you're also the frontman of a fucking band. Yeah, you're the frontman of a band. And I'm not the typical personality for the frontman of a band because usually you're like quite painfully shy. When we do tours, people ask me what I do in the band, (laughs) and I'm just like, I'm the singer. (laughs) You know, it's 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 really bizarre. Like, but uh, there was no pressure to do another album it was just like take a break like we went they sent us to like Wales in the middle of nowhere like on a farm in the studio (laughs) and there was nothing around and uh, we just lived there for like a month and recorded whenever we wanted to and it was the perfect rehab that's incredible yeah that's amazing (laughs) yeah I I always love that kind of romance of someone going off to this remote location yeah and actually just finding the discipline to work exactly, that way. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that yeah. sounds like a proper, like it, like it is a job. I mean, it like is, being a musician yeah. is a job. Yeah, it's a job, yeah, and it's my career, and it's like, I take, a re- I take that really seriously. Any negativity or um, pressure that ever came or distresses or like when I was suffering from depression or anything like that, that was never from the bands or from the industry or anything because I love the music industry and I love being in a band and I love the whole world of it. But all of that was external stuff that I just it was life stuff you know life mm. gets in the way you know yeah it always gets in the fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. way <laughs> it, it knows what to do like, yeah, so. 
Um, but I mean, like, are you happy w- with in terms of the record that's come out of this process? I mean, like, hugely, yeah. Because again, I'm I mean, really it, like, it seems like you've given like a complete different yeah spin on the difficult second album yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. What no, you meant to or not? I know, I know. It's bizarre. Um, we were somebody was joking with us, saying like, I think you recorded your third album. <laughs> so we were like, yeah, oh yeah, okay. It was just, it's weird to say, but it was such a pleasure, like doing that second album. Such a pleasure, more than the first. Yeah, the first was, uh, you know, we had nothing, we had no money, we had no anything. So we were, we did it as fast as we could with no money, and that felt like more pressure. And then putting out a debut album felt like a lot of pressure. This one just felt like it felt like the end of that chapter. And now I can I can listen to it and go like, fuck, I think we did a really cool record here well I mean like, the opening track alone is like, oh, yeah. extremely confident because oh, amazing. that's Thanks, a track man. 10 on a different album I think yeah 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 last time is like a goodbye song the whole song sounds like this big chant goodbye last time last time I wish that I knew that part of you Um, Tom Andrews, one of the producers, he picked up that whenever my girlfriend would come into the room when I was doing vocal takes, I would show off. Mm-hmm. He would just ask her to sit in on the vocal sessions, and he's like, "I'd be like, why are you keep asking like Neve to sit in there?" And she's like, "Because we're nailing the vocal takes." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." <laughs> so, so she gets like a producer credit, I presume. Yeah, 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 yeah. She can get the ex- executive producer. <laughs> She paid for her first album to be made as well. So Jesus. Like, yeah, so she's fully in there with executive producer. Mode. She's the fourth member. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, secret <laughs> four member. But it's, I mean, I, I think it's, it's it's great to have that confidence. And also, like, you're releasing this album in a really, really interesting time because, I mean, like, yeah. I assume that you haven't been able, like, I haven't been able to escape the deluge in the last kind of year and a half or so, or at least 12 months of, you know, guitar music is back in yeah. Ireland, guitar yeah. music is back in Dublin, yeah. and here are the same five bands over and over again. Yeah, yeah, it's strange. But Fan Club are, are never on that list. No, we're and never, I, no, I wonder if you've been left out of the conversation. Yeah, it's strange, but um, I guess it's whatever is trendy, whatever, whatever is hip. You know, whatever helps them sell Urban Outfitters clothes and stuff, you know. <laughs> but it, like, is it galling to kind of see that? Because you've been around. Like, I mean, yeah. like, Otherkin have been around. Yeah. I mean, Otherkin, like, yeah. Yeah, they don't get too many mentions yeah. either, yeah. It's it's strange, but it's kind of like, we've always kind of had something, like, we've always kind of felt like we're outside of the circle, the, the bubble and stuff that we could never be, we never wanted to be part of it anyway, and like part of the trend thing that was happening. When we get, you know, we don't get maybe mentions and stuff in ireland but we we get a lot in like the uk and europe and it would be cool to get some in ireland like that's our home like you know it's like be kind of proud like you know have your have your dad pick up i mean like when we were doing slaying and they were announcing it on rte and stuff like our all of our parents were sitting around tvs waiting for it you know like this so it's those kind of things um that are cool for for like family and stuff to see but uh as far as being mentioned on lists and stuff I don't really care. I don't give a shit. <laughs> How was Lane? It looked amazing. It was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. That's like a fucking yeah. once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. And it was terrifying because it was 80,000 <laughs> metal heads. Like, and we were like... The oh, they're not going to forgive you. Yeah. No. 
<laughs> they were fucking awesome though we we went in with like our heaviest songs and we were just like let's just give them as heavy a set as possible mm. and they were fucking awesome they were like shouting back giving us all the claps and stuff and it was a great crowd for like the opening act yeah know? which it's is really no cool. fucking easy thing to do it's not easy no and uh I was too afraid to look out at the stage when we got there, so I just hid in the back room, and the guys went up straight away and were taking phone things and stuff and going like, whoa, it's so massive. I'm like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was cool. And I saw loads of fan club T-shirts waving in the air and stuff. That was really nice, you know. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it must be like kind of like being around them, touring with the Pumpkins. Yeah. Like this is legitimately like you know teenage yeah. Kerrang magazine yeah. buying. Yeah, this like, is something I never ever thought would happen. You know, like you go to Slane to see your ba- your favorite bands, and like uh, you have the fantasy of like imagine playing, imagine being on that stage, like you know, and it's just this huge fantasy that I you never think is going to happen, and until you're standing on the stage <laughs> playing it, trying not to freak out. I guess like just kind of a, a last question for you is just like. Yeah. How are you feeling now, just generally? I know it's I feel, a basic question. Yeah, but. no, it's, uh, thank you for asking as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I feel great. I feel really confident. I feel pretty strong. I'm writing a lot. I'm constantly doing art and, and writing music and I'm loving life. And I'm not afraid of, I'm not trying to like um, push away the bad things and try to and ignore the good things because they because they're scary or something I'm, just, I'm letting it all in now and processing it because it's just you know i got my mind a bit more healthy and i'm over a year i'm was a year and a half sober now so it's just like i have this huge clarity i'm just I'm just damn excited to get the album out and kick it all off again and not implode this time <laughs> <laughs> awesome thanks man cheers cool man cheers So that was Stephen. Thanks for your time, mate. Uh, plenty more interviews to come on the show. Uh, like so many irons and fires right now. I'm trying to like you know get stuff lined up. Uh, Craig will be back next week, of course. Uh, at this point, I will thank you for coming in, Nilo. Ah, uh, no problem. Absolute pleasure. Hey, got to plug Knock and Stocking real quick. Do it. This Knock and Stocking is Friday week. So when does that li- like that? This comes out tomorrow. Yes. So today. Today. This comes out today. <laughs> so Knock and Stocking is this day week. Yes. So you're, you're on the Friday. I'm on the Saturday. You're on the Saturday, the Saturday 20th, night, at Saturday 11. the twentieth of July, and I think it's the best lineup they've ever had. And I'm not being biased, but like the the lineup is crazy, and it's like the most Irish hip hop they've ever had that's ever been on a festival. So that's something to witness, even in itself. I think. Awesome. I'm not cool. going to be there. I'm sorry. I'll be at the fucking Grand Social. Okay? Well, everybody else that's listening to this is going to be there. Yes, so, they'll yeah. be like screaming out, no encore. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> Heckle him with the name of my show. <laughs> this episode of No Encore was engineered by Connor Reed. Thank you so much for stepping in, Connor. I greatly appreciate it. In the other listening corner this week, I've been listening to a few things. Uh, Frank Ocean's Channel Orange turned seven years of age. Banger of an album. Incredible album. Yeah. Almost as good as Blonde. People mm. get really mad at me when I say Blonde <laughs> is better. It is. But I think Thinking About You is probably his best song. 
That's and great. I say it all the time, but go watch his SNL performances from that era. Love Frank Ocean, patron saint of the show. Sorry, Kanye, second patron saint of the show. <laughs> uh, I've also been listening to Eve Bell, singer songwriter from Dublin. As hell, yeah. Her EP just came out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what's the new song? What's the main song off it? Out of Town. That's a cracker of a tune. It's excellent. Yeah, yeah. actually, my keyboard player and drummer playing her band. Oh no way. Excellent. Uh, she's really good. Yeah, She's savage. Six-track EP, The Fine Line Between Brave and Stupid, came out there at the start of the month. And uh, I've taken over Joe's song of the day recently, so I've been, man, I've been fucking flooded. I can't even room. imagine, man. My head is spinning. Yeah. Like, I got put out a tweet, like, on Tuesday. How much like, choice are you getting? I, like, I'm trying to be diplomatic here. I mean, <laughs> okay, I'll say this. So far, actually, mostly fairly good. Yeah. Like, but then there's DK. But you can't obviously use everything. I can't. No, it's yeah. very much like, and for anyone listening, like, please know this. Uh, it's I feel like King Solomon over here, mm. where I'm like, what am I going to do? Because like, there's literally like a song every day for Joe. And Can you even reply to everybody? I can't. No, no, no. It's not <laughs> possible. Yeah. For example, like I went in on Tuesday to work a shift, and it was like the two to eleven shift, and I was the only news person on from like whatever time onwards. And I'm still getting emails all night, and they're already enthusiastic. And really? I'm like, oh, and I'm like, if yeah, I don't reply, hard. they're gonna think I'm an asshole. But it's, it's like I literally don't have the fucking time. Yeah, uh, I barely have the time to hear everything. And also, then you're a thing where it's like, okay, like I've like July is done. I've got like July booked up now. Really? Yeah, yeah, no way. And like I'm trying to be as current as I can. I'm trying to be as fair as I can. That's the hard part is like being current with that amount of material coming into you. It's tricky. And then yeah. you get like requests from like labels and stuff, and you're kind of like, yeah, okay. I mean, that makes sense because obviously, like maybe we can work together down the road. And yeah, well, and we also do what's good for you. As well, you and know, it's like and good it's, for Joe as and well. it's Joe's song of the day like, it, like it's, it is Dave's song of the day in a way but it's also me kind of I'm going to curate it as best I can I'm going to be as fair as I can I'm going to try and be as diverse as I can I'll do my best with it but like but you also have everyone, to think of what the up. culture or, or what the, the the most people want too yeah. you know what I mean Like, and I also kind of feel a responsibility as well to kind of just not have it just be lads with guitars all the time yeah, like that's a huge, yeah, yeah. huge important thing which brings me back to Eve Bell because um, Ed Ten is going to be one of the songs of the day next this week is a banger EP's fucking great she's really really good um, so yeah uh, and I will say like I'm not complaining about this new kind of gig I'm doing and if anything I think it's really good because it's now exposing me directly a lot more to Irish music than I may otherwise You'd be right missed. on the pulse there man tell you listen yeah. 35 to CC me on all the emails <laughs> 35 do that <laughs> yeah 35 yeah finger it took on the 35 pulse. years to get your finger there <laughs> someone told me that I look 26 though I'll take that so there you go absolutely I'll take it and finally uh, I've best friend of the show provides our intro music Bantam has teamed up once again Legend. with Loa for a track which is out both <laughs> sorry two, two, <laughs> two legends um this is what happens when Craig and Dahi go away. Yeah. The show just collapses. Uh, two legends, Loa and Bantam, have released a track on the day of this podcast dropping. It's called Summer of Love, and it's a fucking awesome disco banger mm-hmm. that reminded me of like that Stardust song. Yeah, yeah Music yeah. Sounds Better With You. Yeah, yeah Which yeah. is now on Spotify, by the way. Oh, no way. After years of not being there, yeah. it's out of the woods. So yeah, a good week of music for me. What have you been listening to? Uh, I just want to say Loa is one of my favorite artists ever. Uh, she's just amazing. And she's over in London doing like a... Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. In the Barbican in London. I think she's in the Barbican. And uh, yeah, just like the amount of work that she puts into her art is like... They've been working on those songs for fucking years. Mm. Like literally. Like I share a studio with Loa and like literally they... Bantam's been in there fucking all the time just working on that shit and it just shows like in the, I don't know the professional level of the production I think they're perfectionists like oh, and that, that can they be like a, are, that can be know? like a negative tag but it I can think, be, but but I think like, with them it's, it's just like they're really really focused it works it works really well yeah I've actually I've only met him once but he seems like a really good dude the nicest guy in the world he's doing some good stuff at the moment really good stuff yeah that song with God Knows and Fair Ella was really it's good fucking awesome yeah yeah 
He's on a run. Yeah. Another guy in his mid-30s with his finger on the pulse. I tell you, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best age to be. But uh, yeah, so what, what, what kind of crazy, um, frustration-esque bangers have you been listening to this week? Oh, Jesus. What have I been listening to? I don't even know. I'd have to look at me. Spot. I can't even do that live on the mic, can I? Uh, I, I'll, 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 I'll build you, time you, here. Talk, yeah, I'll like, stall. I'm looking around. It's a very nice evening. <laughs> Uh, like Nilo was supposed to prepare this, but it's totally fine. Was they actually supposed to prepare this? Throw it down the fucking thing, oh, sent you? Fucked it, mate. Sorry, I didn't Jesus look Christ, here. We just skipped my own. You've listened to lots of things. Yeah, loads of shit. Yeah, <laughs> my own tunes. Like, <laughs> did, did you listen to our exit music this week? I sent it to you. What was that again? Galway band Elenkis. Oh, I did actually listen yeah, to that. Yeah, 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 this is like a fucking Dillinger Escape Plan s banger. I actually played gigs with them years ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, they go pretty hard. They're savage live. I loved that video years ago where your man was walking down there. Uh, was it Patrick Street in Cork, maybe? Or Limerick, was it? I, I thought it was in Galway. I thought it was, I thought it was Galway, like Shop yeah. Street. He's during like a festival and he's just screaming. Oh, so yeah, unreal. Fair play amazing. to him. But this song in particular, I didn't like the start of it, but it got progressively much, much better. And then it was like mad kind of converging at the end and stuff. It, it was does cool. get a bit converging. Went crusty, yeah. almost. You know what I mean? It did. Like, it was good, man. It was really good. Is that another plug for knocking stocking? <laughs> crusty. <laughs> Someone someone told me they're going to knock us off for the first time, and I was like, look forward to all the hemp jumpers you're going to see. <laughs> anyway, Elenkis are out of the shadows once again. Galway band specializing in kind of uh, really good math rock metal. This song is called 3456. I asked Josh from the band for a quote, and he said, this is a song that we wrote in a hurry for a tour. It won't be on an album, but we said, fuck it. We'll release it anyway. <laughs> I love the honesty and, like. <laughs> and that's good enough for me yeah. uh, thank you so much for coming in man that's the opposite of uh, Jeremy Renner right there oh my god <laughs> the, tempt- the temptation to play Jeremy Renner as the exit music yeah. every week is, is real anyway uh, that's the show savage man so, I really enjoyed that that was fun thank you for coming in no worries at all my name is Dave Hanready this has been No Encore there will be No Encore and this is Elenkis with 3456 back to normal service next week
Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central. Only on PBS. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.